What's going on, everybody? Good evening, and welcome to episode one of the Edison Club podcast. I'm your host, Mike, along with my three teammates, Cole, Justin, and Austin. Uh, you already know me. You've known me for quite some time. We're going to go around the table and everyone kind of introduce themselves. Uh, let's uh, let's go with Cole first, and then followed by Justin, followed by Austin. Oh, geez, let me go first. Uh, I've been <laughs> playing Yu-Gi-Oh! on and off probably over 20 years since, or at least since I was a kid. Yeah. But uh, as I grew older, I got more and more into competitive, and now I just play Time Wizard formats. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Okay, so Justin. All right, my name is Justin. Um, I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh! for almost 20 years, um, ever since the starter deck Yu-Gi-Oh! Kaiba came out. Uh, I've been playing, um, I want to say in quotations, competitively uh, since about 2010, um, so about 12 years. Um, and that's it. Okay, best for last. Austin, go right ahead. Uh, yeah, my name is Austin. I've been playing competitive Yu-Gi-Oh for, well, I've been playing Yu-Gi-Oh for probably just about as long as Cole has since we pretty much almost started together. Um, and I've been playing competitive since I think I really got into it at 2014 and now predominantly just uh, Time Wizard formats, um, real big into dragons. So that's that's kind of my go-to. Yeah. Okay, so guys, our first topic of the evening that we're going to go over here is why play Edison format? What what makes you enjoy the format um, over something like the current TCG Advanced format? Uh, we can just keep this same order um, of Cole going first, followed by Justin, followed by Austin. I'll go last. Um, that way we can kind of keep track of everybody. So Cole, why do you play Edison format? Um. I like a lot of past formats, to be honest. I'm fine with, like, Goat and Mermel and Hat and, you know, just just a lot. But Edison, for me, it has a lot of kind of major nostalgic cards like Judgment Dragon, Dark Arm Dragon, like a lot of decks I remember growing up with and when I was getting into competitive, like Black Wings and Gladiator Beast. And I think it's one of the most well-balanced formats. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of more interaction that you'll see it in it uh compared to other formats that there's not power cards like in go yeah. like graceful charity pot of greed delinquent duo where if your opponent sees it and you don't you can still play granted yeah. there are very powerful cards like the shoot future fusion and uh so on but i i just really enjoy the format more than any of the others even though i enjoy other ones so you kind of think that edison format probably has like a good mix of like nostalgia between like new and old players yeah, I think it's a good middle ground. It's yeah. it has the the synchro summoning mechanic, so it's fast enough for like players who are kind of want to go. They play Dragon Turbo, but they play Norlaris Dragons, or you know whatever. But it also has slower paced stuff. Like you set Raiko, you set Spy, you set Trap Card. You know you don't have to go all in on one turn. Yeah, you have a lot of those turns where it's like one for one trades. One player slowly starting to build up advantage over top of the other mm -hmm. one. Yeah, card yeah. advantage is important in the form. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, Justin, um, why do you play Edison format? Uh, well, uh, going back, you know, about twelve years ago is when you know outside of you guys, before I knew you guys, um, I had a group of friends that played Yu-Gi-Oh, and that was sort of our peak when everybody was playing. Um, and it was right after Edison that I started going to regionals, um, and I actually got my first top during Tengu Plant format um, at Star City, so. Um, just playing these nostalgic cards brings back a lot of good memories. Um, it reminds me of uh, why I fell in love with Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, and what I love most about the game. And when you compare Edison to modern Yu-Gi-Oh!, probably I would say Yu-Gi-Oh! really the past three years, um, there is just so much more player interaction. And I think that's what I really love about Yu-Gi-Oh! is sitting down and it's not just you vomit cards on the board and... That's it, and every you know everything's on autopilot. It, it, it's almost like um, going back then. That's that's when you had, uh, in my opinion, your greatest players playing the game. Um, and there's just a lot of interaction, a lot of um, true deck building, and I think it's very uh, skill intensive. Um, and that's not saying that modern's not skill intensive to an extent, but it is throw up your cards on the table and 
hope your opponent, you know, draws the out kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people, including myself, uh, are picking up or picking back up on Edison and a lot of newer players that have been in the game for the past three or four years, they're learning Edison and it's, it's a whole different game. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I'm, I, I love synchro summoning. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It, it is, it is nice to be able to look at your opening hand. Maybe you have drawn like a brick hand or a hand that was very subpar and not immediately just have to scoop the game. Yes. Okay, so uh, next in line would be Austin. Austin, why do you play Edison format? Uh, so I, I probably have to agree with a lot of Justin's point on that. Um, I play Edison format mainly because this isn't, it's, it's not like a, a throw up all your cards on the board type of format. And if you don't draw the board breaker card, then you lose. Um, so turns at you, you get past turn like two or three. Uh, so you're actually getting to enjoy playing the game that uh, we all come together to enjoy playing. Um, so I think that's what, the biggest thing I, I love about Edison is while it still can't have a faster pace to it, it's a lot slower than what modern format is right now. Um, and I think that's like one of the best parts of it. Plus it's, it's just a well diverse format. And I don't think there's a, there's a, I think there's a, you're like top three or four best decks, but you could essentially play, almost any deck that you want and see some type of result, even on a local setting. Um, a lot so, of it know, comes down to player skill can, rather than just card design. Right. Exactly. I mean, you can, you can go to a local tournament and play against light swarm, black wings, dragons. Um, I mean, you could play shoot, you could play against ancient gears. Cause there's so many decks that when they pop off, they just pop off. Um, so I think I think I love that it's such a well diverse format, and when the format starts to become lean more towards one deck than the other, like we saw a few months ago when we first started Edison, um, that Blackwing was heavily f favored, and then recently at the RBET Legends tournament, you know Fairies won, and Christius won, um, was in like the top eight. Yeah. So it's just like it it's a format that fixes itself without a ban list. Yeah. Yeah, the format seems like it's like constantly changing and evolving, which is really cool like uh this is kind of is is that wrapping up uh why you play Edison format? Yeah, yeah, I'm good now. Okay. So kind of go, going from that, um I really like how this format is still being solved like I really enjoy how there are a lot of decks now that just, just didn't exist during actual Edison format. And to me, it's just kind of mind-blowing. I guess it's the, the difference in resources that we have now versus back then. Um, back then, it was like just a lot of scrolling Pojo forums, hoping that you found somebody that was decent at the game, versus now all these good players actually put out their insight on things. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. and Something, too, that I don't mean to cut you off. You're good. Um, th this format is just so much cheaper than playing modern. That was literally... You have to worry about yeah, yeah. formats like revolving in and out. Then the cards you had you know, a year ago on, on the ban list, you can't sell them, you can't play them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you could budget every month or two, pick up a new deck, and you know, half the cards are interchangeable. Yeah, um, that was my next and, point on here was like the cost of Edison format versus advanced format. I'm fairly certain that if you did a lowest rarity build that you could probably build every deck in the format for less than $200. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Maybe and, not even well, that much. The, the cool thing about this format too is a lot of the staples are one-offs. Yeah. Like your Mirror Force, your Allure's. Um, torrentials, judgments, things like that. You only need one, and you can interchange in between all your decks. And some decks don't even need to play those. Exactly. Um, so I, I, that's that's another reason why I love it. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's it's very cost effective, um, and like we already kind of touched upon earlier, being able to play a multitude of decks 
and not just have to play, you know, one deck or you simply just kind of lose. Yeah, I, I I think I really like the fact that Edison really benefits the casual player. Yeah. Or the or the budget player. Yeah. And it's like you can you can put in the time and the effort into technical play and you can win with basically anything as long as your deck is built correctly, of course, but you'd have no problem, you know, like the evil hero deck that wasn't even a deck until a few months ago. I mean, that deck is actually crazy. And that deck in the hands of the right player could very easily take uh, a major tournament. And uh, add on that, I think like investing in decks, you can get your deck entirety and like high or max rarity, and it could still be playable in the future within the format. Yeah, I mean, it might not be the, the best. You might have to alter it because the format is changing, like we said earlier. But I think it's easier to invest in decks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. And that kind of takes us over into our next topic is, in your own opinion, what do you think the best deck to play is? Obviously, it's a pretty level playing field for everyone, but I think everyone kind of has a difference of opinion on what they think the best deck is. Um... I guess tournament result-wise, maybe not as recent, but uh, the majority of wins have been with Blackwing. And so, I, I guess numbers, I would have to say Blackwing, personally. Blackwing for you. Black, Blackwing is that deck that I feel like it just takes advantage of every good card in Edison format. Like, mm -hmm. you can make Brio, you can make Stardust, you can use Royal Oppression, Icarus Attack, Allure, mm -hmm. Dark Arm. It just really is well-rounded in all of its areas. Yeah, especially Icarus Attack and being able to play under oppression. I think those are the two things that really set it apart from the other decks. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Justin, what do you think, Mr. Uh, Blackwing player? Honestly, I, I really do think Blackwings, um, but if you want to end games quick, I think Dragons is the way to go. Yeah. Um, I think Blackwings has a better extra deck toolbox um, right now. But like we said, the game, like this format is still like evolving. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been solved yet. You know, Black Wings could have been the best deck a month ago, but now we're looking at other things that are topping. And I'm not sure if that's because of representation. Um, I'm not sure if it's um, because of something else. But I think if you're looking for a quick game, I think that Dragons is your way to go. All right, Austin, our uh, resident Dragon player. <laughs> uh, I, in my biased opinion, I think Dragon Turbo is the best deck. But uh, results-wise, I definitely have to say that um, maybe not. If we're going to probably need to break down the Black Wings because you have like Value Turbo, you have Black Wing, and then you got the people who are playing like the, the mixed breed of like Black Wing, Value Turbo. Yeah. Uh, I think the standard Black Wing deck is probably the best deck at this current time. Uh, I think the only reason that it didn't do as well at RBTE Legends um, is because if you go look at the side decks, every light player was playing three Consecrated Light in their side deck. Yeah. So it's it's draw, draw Icarus or lose. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes uh, sense. But I, I think results-wise, I think Blackwing, just standard Blackwing is probably the best deck Okay, so that's two for Blackwing. Um, I think X-Saber's the best deck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it, so I think that Lightsworn, for me, I think that's the best deck. Um, I think it's the deck that has the highest power ceiling. Um, obviously, Judgment Dragon, um, being able to utilize that card, recycle that card, um... I personally like the builds that play Hamster because I think that Hamster into Raikou into Celestia is pretty much an FTK by itself. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that the power level of the cards that Lightsworn can play, in my opinion, makes it one of the best decks. I mean, it does it does top very consistently, but um, at, <clears throat> once again with Lightsworn, at the end of the day, it just kind of has to be your day. But um, I think if you're having one of those days, it's definitely the best deck. Yeah, I can agree with you. I mean, 
it's the best deck when it's the best deck. And yeah. When it's not yeah. the best deck, you're drawing three wolves. Yeah, but, it's but never going to consistently experience. be the best deck. But when you sit down across from a Lightsworn player and their turn one is like recharge, charge, Lumina Garoth, mm -hmm. you, you're on like yeah. a, a two turn clock to win. Yeah, you have to Cold Wave Rescue Cat or something. You have to do something wild to come yeah. back. Yeah, have to hope they don't that, have Honest or Necroguard now or anything like that. That sounds like every uh, every Lightsworn player I play against. Yeah, yeah. whenever I play Lightsworn, my life is always like, oh, look, I drew Wolf again. Since, since we're on the topic of best deck, let's let's talk about what won Edison in 2010. It was quick draw plants, and that's mm -hmm. something that we really don't see a whole lot of now. We'll see the quick draw engine. Uh, with other decks like Karaz and things of that nature. Yeah. But why do you think that is? Like, why why do you think that it was able to top an event in 2010, but even though we're using the same card pool, that deck necessarily hasn't carried over its legacy? Okay. We want to just go in our standard order. Cole, Justin, yeah, yeah. Austin, me. <clears throat> so I think time period 2010, uh, I think we were really behind on kind of game theory to be honest and we were playing like upstarts for consistency we weren't having like the kind of theories and knowledge that we apply to in modern day Yu-Gi-Oh! and uh i think hindsight it wasn't the best deck but it was played by one of the best players so i think the player is the main reason as well as the knowledge of the meta game at the time and the deck is a decent deck it's not bad and uh i think we've learned that like light and darkness dragon isn't as good as the format as we thought and we've kind of learned that you know quick draw can kind of get out paced out pressured but you know i think it's just really an advancement of uh how the format has shifted and all the knowledge that we have from all the years of Yu-Gi-Oh past 2002 yeah justin what do you think um, well, really, I, I really just wanted you guys' opinions on it. To me, I think that when you go back and look at us and then, it it, it was a, a format that lasted as long as, you know, any other format, you know, typically would. But going back and playing that 12 years later, we're, we're playing in, in this format that is constantly evolving now. We have all of eternity to play it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we have learned that there are better decks out there. We have more time to put better decks together. And uh, we've, we've had 12 years, you know, worth of knowledge to, to look at this card pool over again and see what works and what doesn't. And I do think that truly back then, you know, quick draw plant probably was the best built deck in the room because black wings isn't played now. Like it was then, you know, light swords isn't played now like it was then. Um, so maybe it did have that explosiveness in 2010 that it just doesn't have now because we're just better deck builders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, since I believe it's my turn now, uh, I, I, I fully believe in a combination of both of what Cole and Justin said. I think it's a combination of uh, evolution, so to speak. Uh, you know, back then um that probably was 100 percent the best deck but if you think about it now the the scale of players that we have now compared to what we had back then and having to learn combos and consistency and deck building and things with the cards that we have in advanced format i think has increased our knowledge to how to build better for these time wizard formats if that, if any of that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, going back on, I guess my original question, you know, make quick draw plans. I wouldn't say was the best deck. It just happened to be the deck that won the event. But when you're piloted by Jeff Jones, I think that you can take, a, a, as long as the deck is cohesive and as long as the deck is consistent and you have an expert pilot behind it, then yeah, I think, I think you can win with it. And that goes back to what Woods was saying earlier is, you know, there, there's three or four decks that you can say are the best deck in the format, but a good pilot can take any deck. Like, you know, boy, not trying to, you know, give you a big head or anything, but X Sabers, when you pilot that deck, I think it's a really good deck. Right. Um, but give it to somebody else that, you know, um, if they're, you know, first or second time playing the deck and they have a general knowledge of the cards, but not the lines of play, then it's going to come across to the other guy at the table like, man, this, this deck sucks. Right. 
So Jeff Jones piloting, you know, he probably could have taken, you know, any deck he wanted to. He could have taken, you know, a couple starter decks at the time, you know, together with some staples and maybe tops. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, and that's what I love about the format too, because it can, it, you can sit down and be like, all right, am I a good player or not? Am I getting better at the game or not? Now it's it's hard to do that because you give somebody a dark ruler or no more, and evenly matched, they break a board. Okay, they they might win a match. They're going to go home thinking, wow, you know, I did great. There's nothing I need to improve on. And you can do this every single time you go to locals, but you're not going to become a better player. And then finally, when you sit across from a better player, and you get demolished. That's when your morale start, uh, you know, it's going to start going down. You're sort of, you know, getting bummed, and I think that's what what's happened to some of us in the past before. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, and I, I think that Edison, you can, you you can sit down, you can look at your misplays, um, and you can really test your, you know, ability as a player. I, I think in this format, and like a lot of past formats too, but um, especially Edison. Yeah, uh, I, I think that just makes it so much more possible. I think that he found a lot of success in this deck. Uh, I actually have it pulled up now uh, over on edisonformat.com. Be sure to check that out if you're new to uh, Edison Format. Um, this is not a sponsored uh, post. <laughs> uh, I think that he had so much success because his deck just single-handedly was able to take advantage of every good card in the format. So main decking Caius, uh, obviously Debris Dragon being able to bring back Longfire or Dandy. Uh, you know, into Black Rose pretty much anytime you want. Um, Drill Warrior, being able to recycle stuff like your DD Crow or your Consecrated Light. Um, and Triple Pot of Avarice, basically just making the deck go forever. Um, I know that Quick Draw now a lot of times is played more as a combo deck rather than like a, like a, a control deck, but he played 11 traps in his deck. So I feel like what got him through a lot of the day was like Titanial, Drill Warrior, Trap Card. And I feel like that was just such a strong uh, feel because like looking at the deck that got second, uh, Doom Caliber Gadgets, this just looks like a deck that I just don't understand how it works. Summon Doom Caliber, can't summon gadgets, sounds great. Right, yeah, I just don't understand how this guy got second. But I think that Jeff was able to win just because his... Obviously, it's Jeff Jones. I'm not going to take away from that. But his deck for the time period looks like it was built very, very good. Um, and one card in the side that I don't see anyone else playing, let me double check to make sure, is he actually side decked two Gotham's Emergency Calls. Um, and there were several lists in here that were playing um, X-Saber Arabellum with uh, Rescue Cat. So just being able to like blow them out of the game by taking their air bellums, I guess was really good for him. But I, uh, I think he saw uh, X Saber is more of a threat back then than it is now. Yeah, or and X cards. I think maybe like the reason why we don't see this deck uh, have the success as it did back then now is just because people have just solved the format to the point where this deck is almost kind of slow. Like I felt like playing against the deck when I was a kid it was like the fastest deck you could play against but now it kind of feels like some games it's like molasses like you spend the first seven or eight turns just trying to get to where you need to be and then like by that point Blackwing has already like whirlwind into uh, Blizzard with Ashura and Icarus and Oppression set and you're just falling behind mm -hmm. I, I think that what, what, I, what appeals to me about the quick draw deck is that primarily it's a precursor to Tengu Plants, and that is probably yeah. my favorite deck um, that I've ever played. You know, it's what I got my first top with. Yeah. So, looking, look, just going back and looking at this list, just uh, it brings back so much nostalgia yeah. of playing. You know, and it's crazy how much in a year how quick the game became. Um, just a, just because the release of a few cards, you know, like Trishula, and I know I'm getting off topic, um, but things of that nature. It goes to show how quick this game um, really just becomes a whole new game in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot about like the following format after Edison format, but I know that was when like the game like they lost Heavy Storm. Um, I think. Well, they got free Dark Soul. 
Yeah, they got Dark Soul, which immediately <laughs> boosted X Saber, um, and then like the whole tour guide Tingu thing, you know, that definitely changed the game as well. It, I think if I'm not mistaken, like the next big deck to make like a really big wave after X Saber, I think was Six Samurai. I know that it had. A, um, I know that I had a couple tops. You know, it won the Shonen Jump. I think in two thousand eight, yeah, two thousand nine or something like that. Um, but I, I know once the um, that news, like all the new support and everything, and she and this the um, synchro came out. I know that deck made a pretty big wave too before um, they hit um, Gateway. Yeah, but a lot a lot of stuff changed in two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so. I don't have a lot of other things written down uh, for discussion, but um, what would it? What would you say are the biggest issues in the uh, modern game um, currently? Uh, I would probably say just cards that solve an entire problem for you. There isn't. You're not picking apart boards really. You're using cards that blanket uh, get rid of things that you're worried about. Dark ruler no more evenly match droplet and on top of that your opponent can't even respond to the cards like super poly it literally says your opponent can't play and i i really hate cards like that like at least if it's a counter trap like solemn judgment you can counter trap it but yeah there's literally nothing you can do against super polarization i hate that card yeah that's like when i was playing branded despia that was like the best card to draw because no matter what that card is going to activate, and it is going to resolve. You don't know if you're going to win because of it, but there's never going to be a time where that card, you know, just doesn't work. Unless you're playing against Mermel and they have the equip spell. And, and what's crazy about it, too, because I played Brandon Despia for a bit, is if you could draw it first and set it, or you could draw it second and just OTK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I have no clue how that card has not gotten hit to this point. It's wild. That's all I'll say for money. So, I think there, there's several, in my opinion. You know, first off, let's let's go back to Edison. You had cards that were limited for a reason. Mystical Space Typhoon. Um, Solemn Judgment. Things that were deemed too powerful. Yeah. And now you have three evenly matched. You have three droplet. Three Dark Ruler no more. And the sad part is, isn't the fact that they're unlimited. It's sad because they need to be unlimited in order mm -hmm. for a person to play the game. Yeah. Um, and... It's it's sad when you have to make a card so powerful because everything else you've made beforehand has power crept um, other things so much. And another problem that I have, too, is when cards get banned, it it's, it's sort of almost small pieces. It's never really the problem card. You know, occasionally you'll get like the Hulk ban, but it's a little too late when those kind of things happen. Um, you'll get pieces of engines banned that just make other decks unplayable. Um like, look how many tuners were banned, you know, for Hauk's sake until finally he was hit, you know, after he wasn't so much of an issue anymore. Yeah, and those cards um, are still banned. Yeah, and then recently, um, Mystic Mind ran rampant for forever, mm -hmm. and it got to the point that he, was, he, he wasn't banned when it was a problem. It was banned when it became, like, a necessary staple in the deck just to play against, you know, the Tier 0 deck. Yeah. So... They first off, you know, Konami hits cards a little too late, and second off, just the the sheer amount of power cards: three Dark Rulers, three Super Polys, three Evenlies, three Lightning Storms. Um, but then you got cards like Harpy's Feather Duster at one, you know, things like that. So, um, and then Triple Tactics Talon Dude, which has three banned cards all in one. Yeah. Or, Jafar, it's not banned anymore, but um, just the amount of cards that are made just to keep the game alive to an extent so people can keep playing and the learning curve for new players imagine bringing and i'm not saying it's impossible i've seen new players recently too but you don't see these guys playing meta decks or anything like that yeah they're playing like dark i think we ran into a dark magician player um a few weeks ago and he had just gotten into the game yeah but the learning curve is so hard um for newer players because you have all these interactions imagine sitting down, you know, for a week and explaining to somebody the rules of the game just for them to go sit down across from a tier player and that person's playing on their turn. Yeah. And that's going to warp their sense of understanding the game, whereas back in 2010, you could sit somebody down 
and teach them, you know, teach them the basics and things like that in a few days, and they can have a decent grasp on the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like things uh, I were a lot one. more self-explanatory in Edison format for the most part, like disregarding rulings on like Black Garden and like the damage tip. But like, you know, you can work your way through stuff like that. Okay, Austin, you've been quiet for a second. What do you think? I was just waiting for my turn. Um, this is, all right, tell me the question again. This is the modern question, right? Yeah, what do you think are, like, the biggest issues in the modern or advanced format? Um, so I think my opinion, because, you know, we just got a new ban list for modern. So, uh, but I think prior to, because we don't know what the effect of this ban list is going to be, um i think the problem is is that and we've kind of talked about this before um it's it's the fact that you can you can establish a board like a full board and there are so many power cards in the game just one card power cards that break an entire board and then all of a sudden you're behind so you spend all your resources it takes you five to six minutes sometimes for some players even 10 minutes to do a, a full turn and then one card breaks the entire board, and then all of a sudden, you know, now you're hoping to draw the one card so that way you can break your opponent's board that just gets set up. So I think it's just the problem with modern right now is that cards have gotten too power. One card breakers have gotten too powerful. Yeah. Um. So I've been on here a couple times and talked about modern in some of my newer videos so I have a couple different gripes uh, with the game but one of the biggest ones I feel like that doesn't get talked about as much is like I think the time rules are just awful in the modern game so like obviously Edison format it just depends on your uh, tournament organizers ruling but normally it's either four turns um, or six turns I've seen six before um, three turns per player or two turns per player but um so like in the advanced format both players can just be playing at a reasonable pace throughout the whole course of the game until there's say two minutes left and then it's like this whole thing about who can just go faster than the other one uh and end up winning in time like i know the whole reason why they changed the time rules was because they didn't want people to be stuck at tournaments till one in the morning which i am grateful for I just kind of feel like that there was a better solution somehow. Yeah, I, the, when you make a game rule that's, you know, let your opponent send a card to the graveyard that deals 500 damage. Yeah. At that point, you're not winning because of skill. You're winning because you're able to get to that card that lets, you know, you deal 500 damage. Exactly. Um, and it, it, it goes back to a 3v3. Um, Boyd, I, I don't remember if you were a partner of mine or not. Um no, I think it, I think it was um, two other people, um, but losing to a Destiny Hero Dystopia in time when I had the out in my hand. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> that's kind of disheartening, and you know, you you learn. Hey, I didn't lose because of a misplay or something like that. It's just the nature of the game. Yeah, but when you try to fix a problem and create a a worse toxicity. Um, I, th- I think that's bad for the game, especially for people that, you know, newer players coming into the game. Imagine them learning the game and, you know, coming up with a line of play in their hand while you're taking your 15-minute turn just so you can eat up time, dropping a lady in the grave to deal 500 damage. Yeah, and I feel like we've seen that repeated for a while. Like, one of my most hated decks to play against was Prank Kids because the combos took so long. Um, and obviously the deck had ways to burn and ways to gain. Um, and then you start adding the adventure package in there, you can easily just juice somebody for 10 minutes on a turn, you know, burn them for five or gain a thousand and end up just winning just because of a time mechanic. We see countless times on streams, you know, the last YCS being one of them, where somebody, they're going into time and it's, you know, three, three minutes on the clock and they go through this big long combo just to deal damage with the card at the very end that they could have done in the first 30 seconds. Um, with a line of play, it's just they don't want to pass turn to their opponent so they could be dealt the same. Exactly. Um, and it's not. I'm not even want to fault the players for it. They're just they're getting a win. That's why they're there. 
Yeah. Um, and if they don't do it, their opponents want to do it. I mean, let's be real about it. Um, and I think there's other things that Konami could do um, to put, you know, put player caps or something like that. If you're worried about events going over, put player caps or split up the event into two separate events. I mean, for goodness sake, I mean, now you're giving tops to, you know, top 32 of almost every regional as opposed to back in the day, you had to get top 16 to get your, you know, your invite. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but more people are getting tops now. So if, if, if time's an issue, why not split the event if, you know, they, if you have too many people? Yeah. I'm also one of those people, too, that don't, I think that there shouldn't be time in, like, the top cut. I don't think yeah, I that agree. there should ever be a time when you're playing for first and second and you lose in time. Yeah. I mean, it, the the goal the goal of the game, and you know, is is ha- to have fun and to see who the better player is. But if you're going into time and top cut, <laughs> then you're not really seeing who the better player is. <laughs> Whoever just deals damage first wins. Exactly. Who, whoever mills scatter shot or ladybug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're at about the thirty-six minute mark, so we're a little over halfway through. I just. Uh, flip to a page in my notebook here. I'd come up with some topics a few days ago. So this will definitely be interesting. Um, if you could add one card to Edison format, any other card, um, as long as it is a mechanic that exists within Edison format, so obviously no links or pendulums or XYZ, uh, and a, that card be limited to one, what card do you think would would just change the entire format that's tough (laughs) it can also be like unbanning a card that's banned when you say talking about mechanics that exist in the game are we also talking about excavating um sure because like cards like reasoning like technically it was like reveal cards on top so like it's kind of like always existed but never really yeah, you know, didn't have a name for it, so sure. Cards that excavate, yeah, that's fine. I think Monster Gate specifically says excavate, doesn't it? Now, like I think the new Arata. Yeah, Monster Gate and Reasoning, I think, say yeah, Reasoning says excavate because Sylvan's played it. Okay, I have mine then. Okay, um, Cole, do you want us to come back to you? You need to brew a second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I got to brew. Austin, if you have one in mind, go ahead. Uh one hundred percent. I will die on this hill. I think mm-hmm. Pot of Prosperity. Pot of Prosperity, so Banish from Extra, be able to dig for Future Fusion. Um, Royal Oppression. Royal Oppression. Mind yeah. Crush. Trap Dust, dust Shoot. shoot. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think Pot of Prosperity, even at one, like yeah. it'd, be, it'd literally be in every deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's not, with the exception of several games that have went long that I played against Boyd playing X Sabers. There's never a time where you're going to go through more. You're you're always going to have targets in your extra deck for yeah. Pot of Prosperity. Yeah. So you every single time. Yeah, there'd be a lot of decks obviously that just don't need the extra. So like Prosperity and Gladiator Beast would be pretty, pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I that would be my card. Would be Pot of Prosperity. I have one here, and it's probably pretty obvious for me, but uh, I think the card that would just change the entire game would be if X-Saber had one Dark Soul. <laughs> because Rescue Cat really does just become a one-card, just ooga-booga combo, especially if it had the original ruling on it. Because, um, um. like, for me, that's the biggest problem with X-Saber is, like, Cat only gets you into tuners. But if you could cat into Dark Soul, Air Bellum, into Hunley, into Faltrel, into bringing back Dark Soul, it would just be insane. So I think that's my pick, would be Dark Soul. There's also an argument for Boggart Knight as well, but Dark Soul would just be pretty insane. I thought you were going to say Raiden. Raiden would... Uh, see, I almost picked Raiden, but there's like... I feel like Raiden would be the same if you could include Michael in that list. So like Lumina into Raiden into a Mill Two into a Michael would be pretty insane, but Raiden, I mean, it's it's probably second on my list, honestly. Justin, 
So we can only pick, like, only one copy of the card, right? One card, yeah. Whatever card you pick. Okay. If you pick X-Saber Dark Soul, it's limited to one on the on the ban list. I was going to say, if it was three copies, Saw of the Morning. Yeah. Um, just due to the fact of uh, the game is, it can be fast, but it, it's still slow in nature compared to modern. Yeah. Um, that a normal summon can be, you know, make it or break it for a deck. But um, I think that... I'm just going to take a card off the list that is already out in Edison, and that is BLS. Um, just for the fact that there are a ton of decks in Edison that play dark monsters and light monsters, um, Light Swords being one of them. And I think that, I mean, I, I could stick a modern, you know, like a modern like Lightning Storm or something like that on there. But as the meta evolves, and we can see we see a lot of decks evolving, like moving away from trap cards. I don't know if you've noticed that trend too, um, but going more into like spell and monster heavy lineups. I think that throwing in a BLS um, would just be the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I mean, like that. the ritual guy. I don't mean like the the banish or anything like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not on board. <laughs> We're talking about regular BLS, right? <laughs> yeah. Because like. Beckoning light back BLS and do attacking with double honest just wouldn't be broken. <laughs> All right, Cole. Long awaited here. What do you think? Uh, I would just say glow up ball. We don't have any good tuners in the format. Uh, we have plague spreader. Yeah. Plague spreader and Gale are probably like the best two. And even Gale's kind of eh. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a normal summon at best unless you're playing Blackwing. Mm-hmm. That yeah. does bring up a cool topic, though. We have been seeing a lot of Willy Dad decks pop up with um, utilizing Kraybons. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think that Kraybons is is definitely getting getting some popularity as as a popular tuner. I will die um, on the hill that I think Willy Dad is better than Diva variants, just oh, because yeah. Krebens is like a real card. He like, surprisingly sticks on the board. Yeah, there's like never going to be a time where like Diva is a real card, but like Krebens just forces Raiko, forces Snowman Eater. I mean, it's it negates attacks on its own, and all that's basically just so you can telekinetic power well two or three back in the late game and just win by blowout. True. Definitely, definitely think that deck is underrated. Um, anybody else have anything to add? I was just going to say, um, I was going to ask, what card do you guys think is the most balanced card in the format? Spoiler, I think it's the most balanced card ever made, but, uh... Judgment Dragon. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'll skip going first on this one. Okay. Um, the most balanced card... Come back to me. Justin or Austin. Um, Gravity Bond? <laughs> that card is definitely not fair. <laughs> that card is Mystic Mind 12 years ago. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to pick a specific, like, balanced card, I would say. Like, I mean, I mean the goal of the game is not to play something that is going to be fair for your opponent. Yeah, I mean, um, hard facts. I definitely, I, honestly, I, I think that a balanced card is card destruction. Yeah. When you look at a lot of decks in the format, um, they're grave reliant. Um, they're very dependent on having resources in grave too. And when you're giving your opponent those resources, um, I think that can be a dangerous game to play to an extent, especially if you, if you don't draw into the right cards. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think, I think card destruction is a, is a fairly balanced card in the format. And I'm glad it's at one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I know what mine is now after thinking about it for a second. I think... To me, I think the most balanced card is Heavy Storm. Mm, that's interesting. Because, obviously, Heavy Storm resolving is can, is and can be a blowout. But there are so many scenarios where Heavy Storm getting blocked by, like, Starlight Road just creates an entire problem in itself. Like Yeah, and it's the most played around card in the format, if yeah, I'm honest. Yeah, everyone respects that card. Like, if you don't respect it, you're probably going to lose to it. But, like, more often than not, I found myself using that card as a mystical space typhoon lately. Just because, like, heavy storming into two, into them starlight roading, they get to keep the other back row, and they have a stardust dragon. 
just feels like, do I really want to activate this heavy storm or do I want to try to play through these first? Have you ever heavy stormed into your own starlight road? Um, like one time and then they dark bribed my starlight road. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I don't but know why. But you drew why. a card. Uh, but you drew. But you drew a card. I know. I drew. But I really wanted to summon Stardust Dragon. You know, like big anime moment. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's my I, take. What do you think, Austin? Uh, future Fusion. Bruh, please tell me that's me. He's kicked out of the chat. <laughs> yeah, off the team. Uh, if you're watching this now, we have an opening. <laughs> okay, but okay. In yeah. Austin's defense, how many of you have activated Future Fusion and it's resolved? Uh, every time. <laughs> a lot. <Okay>. A lot. <laughs> Too many yeah, times. Michael, Michael, no, <laughs> 90% of the time that I play against Michael, he has MST for my future future. Yeah, every time I see 90%. a dragon come down, I'm like, yeah, I'm never MSTing literally anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I will die to royal oppression before Michael I... Michael has got it for me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> since I started playing Edison, what have we been playing, like two, three months now or something like that? Yeah, ever we kind of got in at like YCS Charlotte. Like we kind of like touched the tip of the iceberg. My five-headed dragon has hit the field like twice. And I've <laughs> only ever played Dragon Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. The card is fair. <laughs> Minus Long. if you're... Now, if you're playing against Norelis dragons where they just go send Wyvern, 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 Red MD, Red MD... And then they end phase, banish two wyverns, summon two red and B. Now, all right. So it could be unfair. Uh, but realistically, I think I think actually Starlight Road's a pretty fair card. I mean, it being a trap card. Yeah, um, this is a much better and take. It, your opponent has, you know, it, it can only negate. Um, it can only negate when your opponent or when someone's trying to destroy two cards. So, you know, could you imagine if Starlight Road just said if... if um, if one if card? a card was destroyed, oh. uh, uh, you know, flip yeah. and summon Stardust Dragon. You know, that, that's a really good take, Austin. Here I was thinking we made it through this whole video. We know there were nothing that the commenters were going to destroy us on. But when we get to the 46-minute mark, someone says that Future Fusion is the most balanced <laughs> card in the format. <laughs> At least you backpedaled and covered it up with Starlight Road. We'll let that slide. I feel like Starlight Road, if you resolve it, 90% of the games you win. No yeah. joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I guess, Drum I guess roll that leaves it to me. Cole. All right. I don't die on many hills in Yu-Gi-Oh, but I will die on this one. I think it's not only the most balanced card in the format. I think it's the most balanced card ever made. I think it's Book of Moon. Heck yeah, dude. I, I definitely oh, agree with that. No, no. It's Cole, a- have you ever... Had your monster booked a moon so full of night can attack over it. And I did. Then I booked a moon his full hell night. It was yeah. beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a minus one inherently, so you can't like it doesn't do anything powerful, so to speak. But it's offensive and defensive, and it's versatile. It's like yeah. monsters that need to attack defense position, need to attack over a monster, stop a monster from attacking, stop synchro summoning, stop having a name of a certain monster on the field. It's It does so much, yeah. and it's a minus one, and it's, I don't know, I, I really love the card. That's probably the best take out of all of us, because like when you stop and think about just everything that Book of Moon does, it stops Kalut, it stops Honest, it protects you from Bottomless, you know, it mm-hmm. gets you over threats. Like it probably is the most balanced, one of the most balanced cards ever printed. Honestly, just like you said. I mean, it literally stops a, me- a game mechanic from happening. You know, synchro summoning. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it's it's a quick play. It's an attack spell. It's a defense spell. It's a floodgate almost. Yeah, um, to some extent, all in one. It's a minus one, and it still sees play in modern format from time to time. It does. Yeah, that was that was a really good take. I feel like everyone's take was pretty good after we got past the uh, the future fusion. I don't know if that was a meme or not, but we're gonna say it was a meme. <laughs> I you know I just want future fusion at three. That's all Look, I want. That's found the I dragon player. This guy okay. out of here. Look, found the dragon player. <laughs> hey, what next time you play future fusion, you can't send the materials to your your next standby phase. No, yeah. no, no, wait a second. Yeah. No, I don't know about that. Future Fusion would be the most balanced card in Edison if it had its current <laughs> errata. 
True. Dude, Justin out here playing Norelis Dragons. I don't want to hear it. Like, I'm not the only Dragon player in here. Like, I don't want to hear nobody say Norelis on this podcast. He, was playing that. he had Future Fusion every first turn. Yes, but did it resolve? <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> no. No. I don't ever I remember had... summoning, unless I forgot. <laughs> like, I have PTSD war flashbacks when I see that card. Oh, wait. Mine never resolves because it goes to Grave off uh, Phantom of Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Well, I don't know what topic you had lined up next, Boyd, but you mentioned the YCS that we went to. Yeah. What do you guys think about the last YCS, which none of us were able to go to, but 50 Edison side events? 50. I think it's the most popular retro format. Like, I think it is is and is going to continue outshining GO format. I think I'm going to have to buy English Totem Dragons now, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that Konami has done such a good job with their side events that they have almost like inadvertently like convinced people to play side events more than the main event. Let me, let me tell you this. Normally I would say that Konami like doesn't care, but when they go out of their way to make a specific play mat for retro formats, yeah, that shows me that they care about taking care of that particular part of the community. Yeah. Um, that that playmat is almost four hundred dollars on eBay right now. Um, it looks nice too. It, it really does look nice. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is it's, it's like a blanket playmat for like all the Time Wizard formats right now. Yeah. Um, I wish they had like one for Goat, one for Edison, but it's like Boyd said, you know, Goat was the only retro format for the longest time, and it wasn't even officially recognized by Konami. Um, but it was the only retro format played. And gosh, just the past year, the popularity of Edison has increased to the point where 50 side events. And um, like Fraser Smith said, they could have had more. They just didn't have the time. Yeah. Thank, thank you, E3. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I like GOAT format, like as a nostalgic format. But I don't think it's for me because I almost relate GOAT format too much to modern because the cards are just so overpowered. Mm-hmm. Like if you sit down and your opponent opens up Pot of Greed, Graceful Charity, Delinquent Duo, like it's just over. Like it's like the same equivalent as making a board and your opponent just dropping Dark Ruler on it. Yeah, I think it's when you don't see the Trinity and you're both just playing or you both see it and it's like more of an even match. I think yeah. it's some of the best Yu-Gi-Oh you'll ever play. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like it can swing in momentum so fast because of those cards. Yeah. Like we said, like in the beginning, I think Edison has the perfect mix of like the old school nostalgia, um, but also has like, you know, the synchro mechanic, uh, which is pretty much what I think the three of us really grew up with. That was like prime Yu-Gi-Oh for us was the 5Ds era. Yep. That's probably my favorite era because it's got my favorite card in it. Yeah. Future Fusion. No, Stardust Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just going back and looking at goat, um, you know, versus Edison, um, you still have that five year gap, you know, between the two formats. Um, but what I love about the time wizard format is that both are getting support, yeah. um, indirect support too. If you notice that the past OTS packs, the past couple of those, um, the speed dual box sets and things like that have been reprinting. Um, cards from those formats and some of them aren't even you know legal and they're they're being printed yeah which i think is cool i just wish that konami would you know they see they see the popularity now if they if they haven't seen it they, they saw it at the last ycs yeah i would love to have a product that is centered around um edison format you know throw some goat cards in there too things yeah. like that just like a time wizard product i, I think yeah. the closest we've gotten is the hidden arsenal yeah chapter one so um, like which yeah, it has some reprints on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people in here follow Magic the Gathering, but they just did a Magic the Gathering anniversary set where basically they just reprinted all these insane cards that weren't supposed to be reprinted, but they're they're proxies. They're not real. Um, you know, you could use them in like cube format. But it wouldn't surprise me at some point for Konami to make some kind of anniversary set where they put in cards like ultra rare metamorphosis or you know reprint of royal oppression reprint of cold wave stuff like that where they can kind of reprint cards because some of those really need to be reprinted 
honestly. Cold Wave doesn't have a foil, and that makes yeah. me upset. <laughs> yeah, like I would love to but see like ultras of Cold those Wave. cards. Oh, Cold Wave. Then they could include stuff like, you know, high rare, like Starlights of like any kind of classic card that they want to put in. Like Starlight, Blackluster Soldier, Envoy of the Beginning, stuff like that. Starlight, Starlight Road. Yeah, I think that that is a set that we will get at some point in the future. So, I don't know if they talked about it at the... I don't remember them talking about it on Fraser's podcast, but they didn't allow OCG cards in the time as a format, did they? No, no they didn't. they didn't. It had to be no. TCG. I didn't, I didn't think so, because, man, I would love for them to throw in... Like, you could even put a Time Wizard stamp on it. I preferably, personally, wouldn't like that. But they could even do... Um, you know, they have speed duels, and they have the, the you know the little stamp on the card indicating speed duel, but you're allowed to use the original copy if you have it. Yeah. Um, it'd, it'd even be cool if they did something along those lines. Um, and they wouldn't even, if they're worried about making money off of them, they could even throw, like, you know, Time Wizard format packs and OTSs for them to give away for their Time Wizard tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, they need to find a way to reprint cards like World Oppression, Cold Wave, etc. Um, Delinquent Duo. For goat players, that's a big one too. Well, I mean, they reprinted Delinquent Duo in the Kaiba box, and it wasn't even legal then. I, yeah. mean, I don't see a problem them doing that now if, if if the want is there. Yeah. Justin, did you see um, E3 Yu-Gi-Oh's Dragon List from the the YCS Edison tournament? I did. Yeah, his side deck was literally uh, a third smashing and a, a compulsory because that's the only English copies he brought. For his side deck. Main deck three DD Warrior. Yeah, he said he pretty much auto won every Blackwing matchup. But <laughs> it also helped that he main decked, you know, three Warrior Lady, D Prison, and um, three Quacky Mare Drago. Yeah. That kind of helps. I wish we could play OCG cards just because they just look so much better. Oh, the better quality, too. Like, sure. you ever seen Ultimate Rare Honest? Won't see it in the TCG. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is so nice. Like, all those cards that you can get ulti in the OCG that you can't get here. Like, Ultimate Rare Brain Control, moderately played, is like over $150, which is just insane. Uh, you know... This is this is a little bit off topic, but you know, any a problem that I see that that could be coming up that I've seen in our locals a couple of times is just the lack of knowledge um, from the people that are judging um, on this format. Because myself, I've forgotten several things, you know, twelve years ago, like certain rulings and things like that. Because um, I wasn't by any means like a great player back then, so I've forgotten stuff. But it makes me wonder how how good the judges were at the side events because. I know, I know a lot of them probably been playing for a long time. Yeah. But most judges nowadays, like, they haven't been playing, you know, from what I hear, all that long. Yeah. Uh, so it, it makes me wonder the capability of some of the judges um, when, like, rulings and things like that come up. Because as we're relearning the format, so are the judges. Um, so that's got me a little concerned when it comes to big events like that. Yeah, especially even in like the modern format. When we went to uh, the Greenville Regional uh, back in October, there was a game Austin played against someone, and something happened. Judge was called. Judge was like, "Well, I think this is how this works," and that's when I would just yeah. immediately been like, "Yeah, I'm hitting the appeal button. Like, get him over here. <laughs> like, I'm yes. not taking the L over something you think." Like, we we weren't even playing in tournament yet. We were uh, we were just playtesting before the regional started. Uh, that was Greenville Regional, and I don't remember what the interaction was. But yeah, the we at, we happened to bring a judge over and ask, and their response was, "I think this is how this works." Yeah, and I was like, mm, "Yeah, don't feel good about that." Yeah, like obviously no one knows everything, but that would like the appropriate response to that is, "I'm not sure." Let me go ask someone that knows. So, did they did they rule in your favor? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, this is uh, at fifty nine minutes. I figured we'd go for about an hour, so that was pretty good. Anybody have any closing statements? Anything you'd like to say? 
Future Fusion most balanced card. Future yeah, Fusion hashtag Future Fusion most balanced card in uh, Edison. Look, uh, by the way, that is uh, our teammate Austin. If you'd like to slay him in the comments. <laughs> no, <laughs> I do no, want to say no for... one else was involved in this. Um, for those listening or that will listen, pick up the staples or the like the newer reprints while they're cheap. Like all the Black Wings just got reprinted except Kalut, um, and Shura. But they're like twenty cents a piece for the hollows. Um, pick up Doom Kaiser Dragon for less than a dollar. Um, Hades. So if you're getting into the game, pick up these cards while they're less than a dollar because I do think as this you know this format gains popularity that those cards will go up in value. True. Anybody so, Justin, I'm glad you said that. I was literally putting black wings in my cart and I was like, I'm missing something. And it was gluten sure. I'm watching you through your webcam. I don't even have my webcam. Whoa, on. okay. All right, too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Wait a second now. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, thanks for sticking around if you made it this far. And uh, we're going to try to make this a weekly thing uh, as per uh, teammate schedule. So thank you guys for watching. And this is the Edison Club signing out. Until the next one.